Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hannah, this is Kelty. We're upbringing. We are live tonight talking about babies and toddlers, as well as our right from the start baby course, which is now open for enrollment until this next Wednesday, November 3rd. I think I know the calendar, right? (laughs) I love talking about babies. I don't want to have any more babies, but I love talking about your babies. I love Mm. talking about your challenges, your struggles. I love thinking back to that time with a little new infant, newborn with the kind of creepy crawly little guys with the pulling up on everything with the pulling everyone, everything, um, the hand motions are not coming across in the podcast. That's okay. Um, I just, I miss that time. That first year of a baby's life is like this magical moment, right? And there's just so much going on for both the parents, for the babies, for other siblings. It can be such a, a huge bomb of love, of joy, of, of wonderful things and also of a little yeah. bit of trauma, a lot of challenges, a lot of things come up in that first year of a new yeah. sibling. Well, it, whether it's the first baby, the fifth baby, yeah. are you like, when are you going to stop think, talking? No, I think that, um, I think that you and I are still recovering from that first year of sure. life with our babies because we had four kids in two years between yeah. the two of us. And it was a lot. We had a a Mm -hmm. huge trauma with a loss in our family at that same time. Um, We're living separate places as well. So it was really tricky. Um, And we are incredibly grateful for not having to go through um, more circumstances piling on top of that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like so much is is unpacking this last 
eight years of having my daughter, uh, Roy's gonna turn eight uh, in just a couple weeks now, thinking this last eight years, oh my goodness. And I think that's why we created this course with Jen Lumenlin of Your Parenting Mojo was saying, what would we have wanted and needed mm -hmm. as far as support, as far as, far as empowerment, as far as clarity mm -hmm. in that first year that could kind of have set us up for the, the next eight years that we've been going through, yeah. right? I also like to think about yeah. the, the type of <clears throat> parent of a new baby we might have been if we hadn't read anything. If we had just totally winged it, which yeah. was our programming, love you mom, Until love you dad, yeah. you guys were chief wingers, yeah. and I love oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think that, like you mentioned, Hannah, that family trauma, all of a sudden, I think when your daughter was born and I was pregnant with mine, we were like, we can't wing this anymore. We can't wing this life thing. We can't wing ourselves through these big transitions. Um, and we gotta do a little reading. We gotta do a little studying. Not necessarily to add more, and that's what's great about the Right mm -hmm. From The Start courses. It's not gonna pile on watch a couple short videos. Mm -hmm. You can read the transcripts. Where are the, the things? Oh yeah. Like basically print out all of the modules in amazing Cliff's notes mm -hmm. for you to browse through, hand to a partner, throw um, at your mother-in-law, whatever. Yeah. Um, but really to just feel a little bit more empowered, finding a way that's right for you and your family. Yeah. So that's the gist. But tonight. Yeah. We, well, we posted something today on Instagram yeah. that said our babies are capable, complete humans right from the start. They bravely advocate for their needs, express their feelings, attune to their sleep and hunger, and discover personal joy and fulfillment. Babies don't need to be shaped, fixed, entertained, or accelerated by us, just seen, respected, and nurtured mm -hmm. as they master the skills to express who they already are. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten some yeah. really great, great questions about the course mm -hmm. that have to do with this. And they say, if you yeah. believe that babies are whole, com complete humans already, if you believe that it's just about attuning to their needs, yeah. not fixing them or changing them or filling them like these little kind of like empty vessels, yes, tabula rasa. Then, then why yeah. am I? Why would I take a course to learn what to do to them? And I think that that's what we really want to address tonight too. Is the right from the start course is not about saying what to do to your baby. It's about how to be in relationship mm -hmm. in a, through awareness with your child's needs with your needs right. and building something that works for both of you. Mm -hmm. And really, honestly, like every single module, diapering, dressing, bathing, feeding, sleeping, um, big feelings, uh, play and movement, all every single module really is about attuning to your specific child, tuning in and just letting go of a bunch of cultural garbage that says, my baby should be doing this by now. My baby shouldn't be doing this. If my baby does this and that means that about me, all of those things and just letting go. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the people who've taken our course before have talked about how it's just a big dose of permission mm -hmm. to lean in and get curious, to let go of a lot of things that they thought they had to be doing to be a quote, quote unquote good parent, mm -hmm. right? And to instead kind of focus on self-awareness and attunement to baby. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get into some questions in just a second, but it makes me think Kelty that Gosh, when we had our first and then when we had our second even, I think that our culture tells us that we should instinctually know how to care for an infant who has a very unique nervous system, maybe different from ours. From what? All babies are the same? What do you right? mean? You can't just do everything the same to any baby and the results are going to be the same. I think we're also taught uh, culturally that so not only do we have to know it instinctually, like immediately and have that motherly instinct, right? Um, but that we uh, have to do it alone. 
So mm-hmm. we, we don't need to rely on anybody. We got this. Mom's got this, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're totally in on control. top of it in control, right? And that's not true either. That's not how our cultures have evolved historically at all. Mm-hmm. That's not what makes for um, a productive, successful, joyful, nourishing relationship and family dynamic necessarily. And then the third thing is also that we got to do it perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, it also has to be like Instagrammable mm-hmm. and really like pretty and attractive. And I think that those three things, and I think that those are three of very of many things that we believe from our culture that we need to mm-hmm. have right at the table with our first baby, second, third, fourth, fifth are just seriously untrue. They're total bullshit. And they can really lead us to stay in that place mm-hmm. of insecurity, of powerlessness, of solitude, mm-hmm. right? Of concern and worry and fear. Shame. And none of those places mm-hmm. are, are helping us grow and thrive. And none of those are helping us grow and thrive and raise this baby or babies mm-hmm. in our lives. So, so much about us starting the course. I know that we usually, our, our jam here at Upbringing is about toddlers and children and older children and seeing how we can repattern our relationship that's not hierarchical, that's consent-based, that's respect-based, that's Mm -hmm. research-informed, and that aligns with our values as progressive people. But so much of our calling was about helping folks be able to do that right from the start, Mm -hmm. right? In their own way, figuring out that parent-child dynamic from the get-go, not just when their child can talk, not just when Mm -hmm. your child can pull their pants up, or resist. say no, yeah. right? resist, right? But saying that our, our babies are humans and they're fully formed in their humanity from the beginning. And how can we relate to them in a way as early as we possibly can? And it's never too late. And that's why most of our work is with parents of toddlers and ki- kids and older kids. Mm-hmm. But there's there's something about having that opportunity for those of us who have the privilege to work on our parenting right from the get-go that we wanted to like get on with our, our colleague, Jen Lumen. That was interesting too. I think Jen really wanted to create the course because she struggled as a new mom right away. She had her whole birth plan set up, oh, like yeah. scripted. She's up a everything. researcher. She's yeah. on it. Yeah. Right. And then right after that, she was just like, what the fuck am I doing? What's going on? And I think it was a little bit the opposite for us. We rode through. I mean, not that it wasn't hard with our first kids, but it was when our second kids came that it was like years later family bomb. It was like, what's happening? And not because necessarily we had challenging, extra challenging kids. Yeah. Mine was pretty challenging, <laughs> but just the, the dynamics having to see to so many people's needs. When, when are my needs important? When is my baby? When do I have to see to my baby? When do I have to see to my older kid? What about my partner? How do we juggle this new foursome yeah. that doesn't feel like a divide and conquer existence? That doesn't feel like someone wins and someone loses. And I think a lot of the course is about making sense of that. Mm-hmm. What What is my job and what is my baby's job? Right. And it's in the context of baby. And so we're going to answer mm-hmm. some questions now that have come up um, just in the last 24 hours or even less than that mm-hmm. um, so that we can kind of access that baby kind of related topic of parent-child relationship that we discuss in so much depth in the course. Mm-hmm. But those of you who already have had babies and you're not going to have more babies, you're thinking about it. 
You can think of all of these topics in the same context that we talk to you about your toddlers and your kids. Mm -hmm. It's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. And the course is really helpful because it really puts it in a baby context and the research in a baby context. But listening to this right now, this mm -hmm. isn't meant for those of you who've already had the babies to be like, God damn it, I did it wrong or I did it differently or oh no, mm -hmm. none right. of it ruined my first child. Right, no, not at all. So all of these things can be applied to older children. And we mm -hmm. talk about that in the course. We try to take this baby context and we stretch it out mm -hmm. into these older kids. So I just wanted to mention that as well. I like that. Yeah. So we haven't really <clears throat> done sticker stuff before, but oh, people yeah. can you sent, pull it up there. People sent their questions in and I think okay. I just have to put the question. <clears throat> and you put thing. two question boxes also. So, oh yeah. gosh. Okay. Um, here's one. 22 month old biting down hard on her fingers or fists when she's upset. Oh yeah. That's rough. Mm -hmm. That's it's like, so hard seeing your baby hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got absolutely. It. What did someone else say here? Just to make sure we don't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think in those, let's keep these kind of rapid fire. So what, mm -hmm. if you have a 22 month old that's biting down hard, hard on her fingers or fist when she's upset, yeah. a lot of kids will slam their head on things. A lot of kids will punch walls. A lot of kids mm -hmm. will punch people. They'll if, scratch themselves. They scratch themselves. It's all developmentally yeah. normal. And I think if you're really worried, if it's really becoming a pattern, you could check in with um, your pediatrician wow. or an occupational therapist or what? What were you thinking? Yeah, or more the what? behavioral health person sure. through your pediatrician. Yeah. But um, but it's very normal. And I think that what instinctually comes when our babies are biting themselves or hitting their heads on the ground is to say, no, no, stop. No, don't do that. And I think we have to remember when our babies are doing these things, our kids, is that they're dysregulated. Right. Their brain is offline and our number one job is to regulate their nervous system. So yeah. we basically become something we talk about a lot in the right from the start baby course, yeah. the co-regulator. It's one of our six roles. Right. And we think it's about to, security to safety. regulate our baby's ner our kids nervous system, we have to be regulating ourselves and bringing their nervous system down into a calm state. Mm -hmm. Right? So as, as opposed to saying no, don't do that, don't bite yourself, don't hit your head, don't hit the dog, whatever it is, we nod yes. I see you and we try to keep we're them validating for validating mm -hmm. that. Right. And so that might with some kids, you can kind of hold their hand away from their mouth if they're doing it in a protective gesture you could offer an alternative that they could be biting on. Yeah. Which sometimes, but, helps. but sometimes yeah. drawing attention to whatever the thing is can make a child want to do it even more. It can mm -hmm. add heat to it. It can add curiosity around it. It can just add a, a compulsive energy kind of a narrative. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that, Follow your baby's lead. Try to, you know, if your baby's trying to bite their hand, try to do it really quick. If they're biting their hand, I would say, oh, oh, oh honey, okay. And I would just kind of try to pin the hand like this and hold them. And if they're let really- Let the feelings out. Let it all out. And mm -hmm. I think if they keep going back up there, let them do it a little. They're feeling their body, they're attuned to their body, and it's something you can talk about outside the moment. Absolutely with a 22 month old. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes when you're really upset, you bite here. You want to bite. You want to bite. bite a lot. Yes, I get that. Yeah. What can we do though so it doesn't hurt your skin? I'm worried mm -hmm. it might hurt your skin. Is there so something do? else you could bite on that we can have? So when you feel upset and you want to bite, what can I get you? Right. Kelty's daughter would bite other children. So mm -hmm. we, we had to find an alternative for her to express herself. All of our babies, toddlers, kids are going to express their, their stress in different ways based on their developmental abilities, right? So mm -hmm. biting is a really common one. So nothing 
to be worried about, generally speaking, with yeah. a little bit of biting others, biting self, mm-hmm. calming, relaxing, being there to welcome all the feelings and let them express that stress all the way. And then problem solving, like you said, Kelty, for what would we do next time? What can we yeah. offer you? And really, but not in a shaming way in that oh. circle back conversation, yeah. not saying, but you can't bite yourself, right? Or it's bad if you hurt yourself. None of that talk. Just, yeah. I've noticed it happens. Here's my concern. Right. What else could we do? Just like if we were doing something that was harming ourselves, mm-hmm. how would we want our partners or friends to, oh, gosh. to talk to us, yeah. right? In a loving, open-ended mm-hmm. way. Okay, next one. Someone says, sick two-year-old cough doesn't understand staying away from the two-week-old. Oh, <gasps> yeah. That is so hard. I think that's something that we that we hear a lot um, in our Right From The Start course from people who are going through it. So we've got a circle community, mm-hmm. we've got uh, bi-weekly coaching calls, and basically this little group network for eight weeks once you mm-hmm. sign up for the course where people can be sharing issues and struggles in a and little forum. it even forum. goes out to like, I think three to six months or something for anyone who wants to stay in and stay connected. Yeah, yeah. but a lot of people bring this up and they think that like, they struggle often with a toddler, even a two-year-old, a three-year-old struggling to stay away from the new baby. So they come to the course for support with the baby, but a lot of their struggles are about those older kids and supporting them through it. Understandable. Right. And it can be about staying away from the new baby. It can be about staying away from um, the dog and they're hurting the dog. It can be about staying away from the street and they keep running towards the street. Mm. And I think not being able to pick them up because you're carrying the baby. It's a lot of juggling going on. Yeah. And I think that when we're talking about our two-year-olds or uh, any other age kid who doesn't understand why they need to stay away from a baby, a dangerous road or whatever it is, I think that we can keep coming with those loving limits, mm-hmm. right? So it's saying in the most loving way possible, here's the information, here's what's going on. And then we mm-hmm. physically help them away from mm-hmm. whatever it is. I think the word understand is a really interesting term because understanding with kids, with even adults for all of mm-hmm. us takes time. It's not a one and done process. I told them they should understand. Understanding takes time and it takes not just giving mm-hmm. information, what we call telling, but it also takes showing. So you're going to continue to tell them, Mm -hmm. remind them, oh, wish you could, in a validating way, wish you could see that baby, but we can't touch him right now. Remember why? Mm -hmm. Right? And then not only telling and connecting verbally, which two-year-olds struggle to connect verbally, they understand a lot. So we think, oh, they're on board. I was going to say, I'm sure this toddler actually understands that they can't go near the baby. But can they control their impulses to go be around the baby? No, they can't. So even if they cognitively understand they literally physically cannot stop themselves sometimes because mm-hmm. the impulse is too strong and they don't have the prefrontal cortex built yeah. yet. But I think that's so, that's, that's where the show comes in. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that the cultural conditioning that we've all undergone says our kids have to kind of show us proof of understanding. Mm-hmm. So if they're not avoiding the thing we tell them to avoid or doing the thing we tell them to do, they obviously don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another moment that we often as parents get really frustrated when we know they understand Mm-hmm. <laughs> right totally and all of those situations are good it's all fine mm-hmm. right I think that when our babies are really young and they you know go towards the plug you know socket or they do whatever we think oh they just don't get it I'm gonna help them away no shame and then they start getting a little older. bit older and we think they should get it mm-hmm. and not just they should get it but they should obey me or they've done it already why aren't they doing it now yeah right whatever it is and yeah. I think that it's just one big reminder to wrap this one up to keep looking at our babies, toddlers, kids um, with empathy, meeting them where they are with patience and knowing that they've got 
developing brain under construction. It takes a lot of time. How long did it take to walk? Mm -hmm. How long did it take to talk? Mm -hmm. How long did it take to understand toileting or dressing? All of those micro steps. Mm -hmm. Same goes with understanding a limitation, like you can't be around your sibling because they're sick. All of this is new and it takes time. Yeah. So we got to stretch out that patience. Yeah. Right. And I like, and then you. just don't put them in positions where they're going to be touching their two week old newborn. If they yeah. have a save them from themselves, get that right. baby up on in a crib, get that baby up on the counter in a little yeah. kikaroo. Right. And then when they struggle and they want to touch them and they can't just welcome all those feelings about it. You want right. to touch them. Oh, oh, you miss your baby brother yes. or sister. I totally get that. Do you want to sit on my lap and this is enough distance? Mm-hmm. Or can we wave to them? Can we sing them a song? Can we yeah. write them a note? Can we draw them a picture? Or I'm just going to sit here and hold space for you, totally losing it because you can't get in there as close as you want. And that's okay. Yeah. That's Literally. where we're showing. Yeah. I like that. I was going to say, I love that you keep saying showing because at a certain yeah. point as our kids start understanding our words and showing more likely showing they can understand our words, right? We think words are enough. I say, They're don't not. go near your brother. Don't touch the baby. Don't go over there. Stop doing this. And it feels like it should be enough. And it's not. Got to get in there and lovingly show before we're frustrated. Right? Mm-hmm. Get another one. We've got, got a lot here. <sighs> Biting. Oh, we did that one. Mm-hmm. Go to the other post. There was the other I don't post know that how had to go all to the other, the other ones. How do you do that? I don't know. You put the tab twice in two stories. So it's on another story. Maybe it's just grabbing from one. Oh, well, I can read it. Okay. Yeah, there's only three here, so it's just grabbing from one. Yeah. I think every most people put it on the other one. So okay. Let's see here. <sighs> baby hurting dog, toddler hurting baby. Hold My, on, hold on one oh, sec. Someone wait. wrote something. So oh, okay. Do Let's that. do that. Someone said, "Hello." Almost three-year-old yells very loud to nothing sometimes, and to his sister other times. Who's one? I see he's struggling. How do I support him and and her who's crying? It's loud in her face. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really hard. <clears throat> I mean, so much of the things are about validating him and then also modeling to her about boundaries, personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. So saying he's screaming about something and he's struggling. I'm here to support you. What do you need? How can I help? You seem really upset. Is there anything I can do? Right. And then if you're struggling and if the, the, your younger child's struggling, mm-hmm. then you say, it looks like it's hurting your ears, the sound. I'm so sorry. We're going to get some space and mm-hmm. see what we can do. And if you can't be in the other room while your three-year-old's screaming, then you can help the one-year-old find a little bit of space and you can mm-hmm. create a plan around it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so tricky. Those those um, high-pitched volumes are really triggering. Yeah. I mean, if they're just yeah. yelling loud to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say, you know, do you need to scream? Do you want to go outside mm-hmm. or do you want to go in your room and scream? Cause yeah. your sister and I are here and we're playing and if screaming just- is a self-regulation technique, yeah. it, sorry, it hits okay. the vagus nerve, right? That relaxes the body. So mm-hmm. screaming, just like humming, gurgling, um, singing, all of these things. So can you get it into breathing laughing. exercises, laughing, mm-hmm. giggling, singing, playing, can you redirect that, that yeah. yelling? Because it, it's, it's it's so hard. It's and if you can't, that's okay. It's stress purging. Yeah. It's nervous system integrating. Just like and babies do. It's hard for everyone to be around. So I like that idea, Hannah, too. Mm-hmm. With your three-year-old who's screaming for no visible reason, and it's really upsetting you and the one-year-old, how can you get that, that nervous system integrated? Mm-hmm. Not through screaming. Screaming's okay, too. 
Can you get their wiggles out with jumping on a trampoline? Can you do a tickle fest? Can you do a dance fest? Can you sing? Mm-hmm. Can you hold them upside down? Right. Can you ship like um, yelling shimmy is- them back and forth, get that vestibular input yeah. that really relaxes them. Yelling is their way of trying to regulate their nervous system, but we can support them and help them understand other ways that are maybe more adaptive or socially acceptable. Yeah. Right. Or sometimes a three-year-old is screaming and they're not quite sure what it is. Maybe it's a nervous system integration issue, or maybe they just need some help. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, oh, my three-year-old's screaming them. and they're just attention-seeking. And we always want to remind parents, attention-seeking behavior is connection-seeking behavior. So mm-hmm. can we get in there when our three-year-old is screaming for no visible reason and say, how are you doing? What do you need? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And just yeah. hold space and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if they're needing to scream, we can say, is your body needing to scream? We can talk about it in the moment, or if they're just like, la, 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 screaming, we can talk about it outside the moment, Mm -hmm. right? And that reminds me, someone said, colicky baby is always mad, especially from 4 to 7 p.m., and I'm so fried. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me of saying, screaming, crying, making noises. They're they're regulating their nervous system, and they're communicating something. Mm -hmm. So they're they're seeing to their bodies by, by... expressing mm-hmm. and they're saying to their bodies by communicating yeah. in really interesting ways. And we can't blame them for those things. And it's, it's really easy to think of a baby as being mad yeah. when this they're is, upset. This is a stigma that I dealt with with yeah. both my spirited babies. And a lot of people would say, why are they so mad? Mm-hmm. And I think that I would feel this pressure of why aren't, basically saying, why aren't you keeping them happy? Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible pressure for a yeah. parent to undergo to think if my baby's crying, there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with me. And I love how much we connect about yeah. feelings and attachment in the right from the start course and saying all the research. If your baby is quote unquote, a crier, quote unquote, screaming, quote unquote, colicky. It's okay. There's right. nothing necessarily wrong with them. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with what you're doing at all. They're not mad. They're not sad. They're not they're punishing you. They're not necessarily yeah. colicky, which is basically a, a category that just has a lot of symptoms, symptoms in yeah. it. Um, they're not, they don't necessarily have indigestion. I think uh, so often, um, in our culture, we want to have a name for it. We want to have a diagnosis. We want to know why this is so difficult for us and so different from everyone else. Right. And I think it's okay to just say, this is how my baby expresses what they're needing right now. And forever for some spirited kids, because that is how (laughs) my, my children communicated as babies and have continued communicating through their entire life is very loudly, very intensely, mm-hmm. very openly, honestly, transparently, bravely, mm-hmm. right? That's just who they are. And I think it takes a while for a lot of us, uh, parents mm-hmm. of quote unquote screamers to feel proud of who their kids are. That one baby screaming on the plane, that one baby screaming in the checkout line, that one baby screaming on every car ride until they're three. That's my baby. That's your baby. That's both my babies. Right. And I'm so proud of them for saying what they need, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. What are they needing? Mm. And we're gonna figure it out. That's our job as parents. That's what so much of our Right From The Start course mm-hmm. is. That's um, for those of you who are just coming in now, it's available and open for enrollment you can, in our link in bio and our website at upbringing.co uh, until Wednesday, November 5th. But we talk about just the third, third, thank you. How do we accept the babies for who they are? How do we mm-hmm. connect with them and understand and learn to work with their nervous systems rather than against them based on our cultural expectations and personal needs, mm-hmm. right? That's the big question. That's the big ask here. Someone said, let's see, my nine month old is having a sleep regression and I worry about creating bad habits. Mm. 
That's hard. I think the word regression is has like so much stigma attached to it, whether it's with a baby or a toddler or a kid, like, yeah. oh, they've regressed. As in everything a kid is learning and doing should be going up, 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 like at this rate. And I think pediatricians like probably yeah. contribute to this idea of a growth chart. It should always be going like this or, you know, within a certain realm or bounds, it should always be at the same rate. And I think that with our kids skill building, whether it's with sleeping, whether it's with, you know, toileting, whether it's with eating, any of these things that people are, have been writing in and, and sharing in our Spirited Kids Club and even through our Right From The Start course, my baby's regressed in sleeping. My, ba- my kid used to do fine in diapers, um, outside of diapers, and now they're having to use diapers again. Right. Right? Um, they used to eat vegetables and now no more vegetables. And I think it paralyzes us with fear as parents. We think they were doing so good and now they're going backwards, not forwards. And I think we need to continue working on shattering that whole idea of what is progress? I think everything is progress. There's no backwards. It's all moving forwards. It's even if it's kind of loopy, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I think sleep is like that. Sleep changes throughout all of our lives. I have sleep regressions. I had a oh, sure. um, a messed up um, pinched nerve in my shoulder and I sleep regressed for a <laughs> month. Literally, I'm still struggling to get a good night's sleep and not be leaning on my partner and being up awake and fussy. Yeah. Like we all do these things. So I think so much of what we talk about in the right from the start course is saying, how can I meet my child where they are? Meet mm-hmm. my baby where they are? How can I lean in with support? Because they're showing me if they needed support during the day, I would give them support during the day. Why is it that when they need support at night, it's like, sorry, you're on your own. I think right? because we have these ideas of sleep yeah. training and of progress and yeah. that, that all babies should be sleeping through the night, 12 hours when sleeping through the night technically is supposed to be actually six hours. And that's still very rare. Right. Nobody knows these things. It's so hard though. Yeah, all these babies' nervous systems need our support. And when they're showing us they need the support, we need to be there. And something I really appreciate about our Right From The Start course, I'm going to keep plugging that and talking about it, but seriously, is how we talked about the the, the ladder of support that we can mm-hmm. offer and how, yes, we can absolutely just dive in and give our babies the full, I have it right here. you know, um, nursing, rocking, holding uh, to go to sleep, co-sleeping. Or we can also slowly work that ladder from rubbing their back and being present mm-hmm. to, to touching them, to giving them a, a pacifier, to holding them, to rocking them, and noticing all of the steps, the baby steps that are kind of involved in supporting our baby's sleep. And then if they get to that point, it's because they needed that point. Mm-hmm. And we do that. Yeah, but I right? want to say that it's there's so no go there's no like not going back right? Right? on it, our baby's in, sleep I stuff. I think in sleep stuff we really do worry though. Am I creating some sort of bad habit? Habit or am I crutches? too much of a crutch? And yeah. I think it's a natural fear. Um, but like we said, it's not like like going against progress, seeing to our baby's needs when they're needing it is not going against progress. And I also think that one thing that we brought up in the course is that sleep struggles with our babies, our infants and our older kids is really in some ways the first moment of conflict we experience with our kids and where we feel like it's them or us. Yeah. Us or them. Do you someone the sleep or just someone I get sleep. And I think that a lot yeah. of people with older kids, toddlers, kids, teenagers are like, oh my God, this is my life now is needs their needs my needs all these things and i'm and they're just starting to wake up to it but sleep with a baby is the first time we get to get clear how much am i willing to give based on what they're needing Mm -hmm. so that sleep ladder able so this is a huge packet of printouts that everyone who joins the course gets it's basically the cliff's notes through all nine modules um where we talk about like in practice research troubleshooting 
instant Their goal takeaways. and role, all of the stuff aside from the transcripts of all of our videos. Yeah. yeah. So the, the kind of sleep ladder that we talk about when you go in there, some of us go straight for co-sleeping, seeing to all the needs for the first, especially for the fourth trimester mm -hmm. with the newborn baby. And then it becomes this kind of uncomfortable negotiation of how much do I want to give? Do I send them to their own room? Do I put them in their own crib? Do I yeah. give them everything they need all night until they're three? Ah, right. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, a struggle for a lot of parents to get clear on that. Yeah. And so and thinking about that sleep ladder of how much of, am I able to give and invest in this process if my baby is showing they need me. It can start with and one. observing their own independence totally. and abilities that are ready to take flight possibly, right? One, wait and listen. So if a baby's struggling. So that's the first thing we can do to kind of do as little as possible to see respectfully what our baby's actually needing. Two, offer our physical presence. So we come in, we're there, right? And they see us or they notice us. Yeah. Three, we pass a lovey or a blanket right? If they have one, we kind of get them a little settled. We give them the thing they need or a pacifier or whatever. Four, we use a soft voice, humming, singing, or shushing. So we use our voice, right? I think it's so easy. This is the moment where I'm like, I've already picked him up and nursed him for like five minutes by this point. What are you talking about? And that's, and that's okay, okay too. too. Right. That's right. okay too. But for those of us, for those who, are of us who are winding back a little, bit. a little or consider, yeah. right. Number five, we rub their back in their head. This is all before we've even picked them up, right? That's an idea. And they're still needing support. So number six, okay. we hold, rock, move the chair, right? Do whatever we need to hold them. Mm -hmm. Number seven, we feed them. Great. Number eight, some of the above and sleep with them, yeah. right? So I think what's so hard to me is that with a newborn baby, we're asked to basically give everything for a while. And then we have to decide how much of that we dial back. And some people say, nope, we're going cold turkey, no more nursing. We're going cold turkey. You're in your own bed in your own room because I can't negotiate this middle ground. And that's what so much of the course is about is saying, we're here to help you negotiate that. We can do it. We can yeah. do this, right? We can experiment. We can be curious. We can be loving. Mm -hmm. We can be seeing to our baby's needs while not neglecting our own yeah. because mm -hmm. our needs matter, right? right? We can find a way, yeah. right? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Let's do some rapid fire here. Okay. We got to get to our, our own baby's bedtime. Oh my 10 month old keeps pulling my glasses and hits me when I say no and ask them to stop. Right. So again, back to that show and tell mm -hmm. babies learn by us, not just telling them, I can't let you touch my glasses. I don't like you hitting me. Are you upset? What's going on? But mm -hmm. they need us to show them and stop that impulse. Even if they understand they can't actually inhibit the impulse that's going on. Mm -hmm. So we lovingly stop that impulse and redirect. What are you needing? Are you upset? Mm -hmm. How's it going? Right. We don't focus too much on the behavior, but we stop the behavior to show and reroute the impulse from angry hitting to angry calming down, mm -hmm. angry hitting pillow instead of mom, right? Mm -hmm. Wanting to connect to mom, pull glasses. No, wanting to connect to mom, mom pays attention and gets a little space, yeah, right? This is one of those things that comes up too in the course. And I remember experiencing <clears throat> so much where I'm like, my baby keeps or my toddler keeps <clears throat> doing this thing. And realizing at a certain point, why am I letting them? Mm -hmm. I can protect my own face. Or the my, adult, my ear. partner can yeah. protect their own arm from being bitten or be, their shirt being pulled yeah. on. And I think that, like we mentioned in this, uh, an earlier question, often we think words are enough and we say, don't pull on that or don't touch my glasses. And we think, don't do that again. They're learning our language. So I'm going to see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test them back while they were testing, doing the thing. I'm going to test them and say, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And we get in, locked in this like testing yeah. match. And I think instead we can say, 
I don't want my glasses pulled on. I'm going to stop you or, hey, what are you needing? Oh, my glasses are fragile. I'm going to mm -hmm. move your hand. Or you keep wanting to touch my glasses. I'm going to set, set you down or I'm going to move your body away from me, right? As opposed to a shirt no being like, insults. let go of my shirt, let go. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to help your right. hand. So the responsibility yeah. is on us as the parent mm -hmm. rather than putting the responsibility to let go, to inhibit impulse, to regulate self on our babies who can't do that yet. Yeah. Right. But I think yeah. it's easy for us to get in this mode of teaching and thinking I have to teach them what's right and wrong behavior. And I'm going to use my words to do that. And I just want to remind <clears> everyone <throat> through this question and through these other great questions, we can keep showing just like yeah. when they were babies, whether they're two or four or eight, we can show our kids what our personal boundaries are to the best of our abilities, not just with our words, right. but through our actions in a loving way, as loving right. as possible. Because the more loving we can be, the easier they can learn when mm -hmm. they're not in their reactive, scared brain, which is about survival rather than learning. They're going to be in that prefrontal cortex that we want them to be building mm -hmm. where they're learning decision-making and judgment and relationship and empathy mm -hmm. and all of these other high-level emotional skills. Yeah, That's right. one big belief buster that we talk about in our Spirity Kids Club and on the podcast here and in mm -hmm. right from the start course too is how do kids learn? How do babies mm -hmm. learn? How do toddlers learn? And we've been conditioned to think they learn by our sternness. Mm -hmm. They learn by our words. By words. They learn and, by yeah. um, how and serious we yeah. are. They they will learn if they're scared. They will learn if they feel that their worthiness or belonging is at risk. Right. Everything that research is showing, everything that our trainings have taught us and our experience working with so many people um, and our own kids is that that's not true. That kids learn best in safe psychological spaces. That's babies, that's toddlers, that's kids. So I think that's tying back into our, uh, our normal upbringing roots, which is using powers beyond control, leaning in and loving while holding boundaries, mm -hmm. limits when we need to, right. but getting rid of that shaming, getting rid of that blaming, getting rid of that sternness. Mm -hmm. We don't need to have any of that. And that sounds easy. It's not easy, right? Mm -hmm. We've been conditioned. But that's where the work is, is, yeah. is to build those skills alongside our babies. We all say we're growing up, all growing up together. We really mm -hmm. are. And I'm going to just rapid fire read through all of these questions. And we're going to see what the kind of like mm -hmm. the shared element of those is. So mm -hmm. someone said, baby hurting dog, toddler hurting baby, my brain hurting. Someone <laughs> said, my baby keeps throwing food and climbing out of their high chair almost one year. Mm -hmm. Does the course recommend tummy time? I can't let my 11 month old for, uh, leave them alone for a moment without them getting into everything. My baby is furious when I put them down to cook, pee, do anything. My baby doesn't want to be held by dad and won't let him do bath her bath or bedtime. It's getting colder and my baby won't leave socks and hat on. And I love these fierce babies. Yeah. So, uh, so is that what you're like expecting? You're like, fierce babies. My, my overall is, yes, fierce babies. Yeah. We love fierce babies. I mean, that's the thing is like, that's the problem that we come up when you're talking pain points in that <laughs> first year. I think aside from older kids that were dealing with and struggling with because we have this this new baby that we're that takes so much of our time the actual baby itself is when it starts saying no no i don't want socks on my feet and a hat on my head i don't want to get bathed this way i don't want this caregiver to be putting me to bed when you could do a better job mama i don't want to be sitting in my high chair or eating certain foods so i'm gonna throw them right mm -hmm. Like so much beautiful, healthy resistance happens, not just in the toddler years where everyone's like, oh, terrible twos, three They're finally getting a personality now. But for a lot of us, um, 
this happens in those that first year, those baby years, and it's mm-hmm. such an opportunity to lean into it and see all these behaviors that our babies are doing and readjust our mindset and belief to think instead of them thinking that they're they're bad, they're worrisome, they're problematic, they're, they're behind, they're behind, they're mm-hmm. uh, unnecessary, right? As in they're natural and normal and necessary. Mm-hmm and incredible opportunities for to help us understand our babies and to build their skills and our relationship in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's what our course is, is based on, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. asked what tummy time is. It's something that mm-hmm. uh, a lot of <clears throat> at least Western medicine pediatricians recommend for babies. Since to, the flathead syndrome. You yeah. Know. yeah. So babies uh, used to be able to mm-hmm. more comfortably and more um kind of um i would say like science endorsed sleep on their tummies but then the we did i feel like there's a there's a picture of us like lying face down together with a huge blanket over <laughs> us where we're just like oh my god mom like dad so, what were you doing yeah so a lot of babies yeah. um died from sids just not getting enough air by lying on their tummies mm-hmm. or against walls or things that happen yeah. so Pediatricians recommend that babies lie on their backs now, but that makes a little flat back of the head. Mm-hmm. So tummy time is recommended to basically keep the, Take the pressure the skull off. a little bit more around. And um, it's something that we definitely talk about in the course mm-hmm. um, in terms of tummy time. And I think it really kind of ties into our whole module on play and movement, yeah. which is freeing our babies, not just from carriers, car seats, um, enforced tummy time um, and whatever it is, but just to be free, just to lie on their backs and enjoy their world. Lie on their backs. Develop at their own pace. And not have a face in front of them all day. To lie on their backs and notice something on the wall, to notice their hands, to notice the way their body moves, to eventually develop based on the time on their back, to be able to turn and experience all of those micro steps to get to that tummy time authentically rather than be put in it right in a, a kind of manipulative way you know so i think we we divulge a bunch of ideas right in the course about how how else can our kids and babies get that that time off of the back of their heads mm-hmm. by doing other things where if they don't like the tummy time if they're really mm-hmm. struggling how can we support them on us you know lying back with them all mm-hmm. of these other ideas so much about the right from the start course is saying how can we open up our mind and say we don't have to do these binary rules you must mm-hmm. do tummy time like a, a workout <laughs> 15 minutes a day while you're screaming through it and i'm feeling like shit about it right mm-hmm. saying, four more reps right. baby we've got we've got <laughs> options we can do this a different way we can see to our baby's needs and our needs we don't have to be doing this in a prescribed way in an instagram worthy way also you know, that doesn't necessarily see to, to everybody's needs and optimal growth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think that wrap it up. God, all of those other <clears throat> shares that you read, baby climbing out of their um, high chair, high chair, um, what baby freaking out when the dad was going to do bath. What were some of the other ones? Pulling their hat and socks off. Oh, taking their hat and Which socks off. Which is so cute to me. Yeah, but it's, <clears throat> it's probably triggering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's my life. <laughs> yeah. um, my kid's being freezing cold outside. Um, but yeah, I think that so much of the course, and we've got like a bunch of the course materials here that you can print out, which is so cool. It's basically the cliff notes from each module of the nine modules, which are sleep, feelings and attachment, diapering, dressing, bathing, play and movement, feeding, siblings, and all about you, which is about your own needs and boundaries because they fucking matter. Um, I lost my train of thought, but it's all really about seeing to your kids' needs and not trying to put any judgments on them necessarily and saying, 
This is what my kid is needing. I'm seeing it. They're showing me through this behavior that is terrifying or throwing me into self-doubt or get, getting judgment from my mother-in-law who's like, why do they need this? You should just do this, right? And how can we, through this connection with other families who are going through this as well, um, through um, all of these different modules and exploring the research and troubleshooting, calls. through all of this stuff, mm -hmm. how can we look at our baby as perfect the way they are? How can we look at them as doing exactly what they need to be doing? Even if it maybe feels a little behind to us, even if it feels maladaptive, even if it feels like something that we need to be teaching through or past or fixing or fixing, even if it feels like something that's at odds with our own needs, how can we accept who they are and what they're going through, seek as best we can to meet those needs yeah. while also building awareness about our own and making this a conversation between a little tiny infant and ourselves so that we can better be on that journey of conversation that needs boundaries, limits, all those things as they get older. So we can keep that tether strong right, right from the start. I love it. I feel like you said everything, Kel. Okay. We got to do bedtime now, but thank you all for being here and connecting with us. We do so much of the older kids stuff. And mm -hmm. I feel like this, this baby stuff is so critical and we weren't all there for it and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But those of us who know folks who are starting their families or growing their families and could use the support of how to get that, that attunement right from the start or how to readjust that attunement as you're adding folks into your family, mm -hmm. babies into your family. Um, this is Baby the course folks. for you. Baby <laughs> folks um, into your family. This is the course for you. So uh, if you have any other questions, uh, let us know. Send us a DM. Give us a little uh, an email anywhere. The course is open for enrollment until Wednesday, November 3rd. So let us know. We, we look forward to connecting with you and in those in your community who might be wanting support to uh, align those values, attune from the start, figure mm -hmm. out what's right for you in those those early yeah, years. Yeah, let us know too if you have anyone that, in your life that has a baby registry where you're like thinking, what do they actually need? We did a post a couple <clears> days ago that people were commenting, be like, oh my gosh, you're right. I was going to buy my friend a, a changing table and now I want to get them this. So mm -hmm. consider that too if there are people in your life with changing a baby. Changing tables or, are pretty great, but there's always the floor. I use the floor a lot. Beds there's a, a lot. There's a towel. Couches. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff. It's going to be different for every family. Yeah. But so we're here. Also, Monday, we're going to be talking with Jen Lewin-Lewin, our co-creator of the course. We're gonna get into any other questions any of you might have. She's got this incredibly calming British accent. She is so wise and wonderful and I can't wait to bring her on to our Instagram to connect with you all. So we'll see you on Monday. Those of you on the podcast, it'll be a couple days later. So, and then we'll be back to all of our spirited kids, toddlers, older kids mm -hmm. stuff that I think you're all used to and that we also love. Everyone's like, stop with the about. babies. I know, <laughs> like you're triggering my, my early baby stuff. Uh -huh. We get it. We're all yeah. in this together. We're all growing up together. Thank you for being here. Um, see you soon. See you soon. Yeah. Mark.